Hey everyone, I'm Luke Gaston, and you're listening to Goofin'. Thanks for listening to Goofin'. What, what, what a great show for you today. What a show. Uh, my guest today, he quit comedy. Usually, usually I'd have someone who's like who's doing comedy uh, on the show, but I, I think it's pretty interesting for someone who was past at the Denver Comedy Works. He's a regular now, and he was able to open for great headliners around the country. He's open for Kyle Kinane. He's open for Doug Stanhope. Like he he made it to a, a level of comedy where you can just start doing it, and then he quit. Poof, gone. So my guest today is a very funny. Well, my my guest today was a very funny comedian. Uh, he, yep, that's it. Pretty much, he quit. He's a quitter. <laughs> my guest today, put your hands together, slap your neighbor, jump up and down for the used to be funny, Kyle Pogue. Well, you. You quit? <laughs> How do you quit? <laughs> okay. How do you quit comedy? Can, can you tell? Do you have any secrets? I well, it's funny. So I I, I don't know about your podcast, Luke. I, I've been off the world. Uh, you know, I've just haven't been paying attention. So I listened to one this morning with David. Yeah, he did. And I heard him say, like, how does anyone quit comedy? You guys went into this like, <laughs> yeah. How do you do it? What are you stupid? Like, why would you quit comedy? And I was like, oh man. That asshole's talking about me, but here's the thing. <laughs> I didn't, I should stop saying that I quit comedy. I quit trying, that's what I quit. I'm quitting trying to, whatever that means, make it, uh, be on the road, uh, do, I'm quitting trying to, for any accomplishment. Oh, okay. I, I just wanna go back to doing comedy and I'm waiting it out. I'm waiting until it goes back to normal because I don't give a shit enough to try to do Zoom, outdoor, Start a career. <laughs> Fuck careers, man. Yeah. Careers were the biggest thing that ruined my enjoyment of comedy. I, you know, I don't regret any of it, but no? that's what I'm quitting. That's uh, that that, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it, it can burn you out. All the because I, I saw you like kind of incrementally get rid of all the shows you had. Like I just like, oh, yeah. why, why would you get rid of that money? Mate? Why would you get rid of that one? Why would you get rid of that one? And then like, because you had one in Nebraska, you had one all like some in Denver and some in Fort, like all over the place, and. You were just slowly just giving them all away. I'm like, is Kyle going on tour? Like, where's he going? <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone was waiting for some announcement. Yeah, and then I just disappeared. Mm -hmm. uh, You're gone. No, I did. I started pulling all the plugs um, at the beginning of the year. Well, and it, the funny thing is, I, 2019, you know, was was horrific for everyone. And then, like for me and my girlfriend Evan, it was so much worse. I mean, so I mean, you had a puppy Ayla, dog. loss of our friend Alice. Yeah. Um, our dog was about to die, and we ended up going fifteen thousand dollars in the hole. And then her her dad killed himself. Oh, um, financial ruin, all of these things. And the weird thing is that conversely, comedy had never been better for me. I <laughs> no. I hit a point in twenty nineteen where I was so burned out that I stopped giving a fuck at all, oh. and I immediately became so much better. Yeah, I just got on stage and I would crush, and I just didn't give a shit, and it was so fun. Cause you got here's here's what's funny because I hear like you tell me you got because I, I would just hit you up like hey man I want to do the podcast and you were just like yeah I quit comedy but sure and I was like oh fuck what and that because that blew my podcast. mind because you put all this work you're you're a headlining comic in Colorado you you got passed to the comedy works you open for Doug Stanhope and like Mishka why would you quit I mean did you just like get everything you wanted and then you're done 
No, man, it was burnout. And I have to correct you. I have to say for the record, I did not. I never opened for Doug Stanhope. That oh. gives the impression that he chose me. I just had a show and I opened. For, but <laughs> I'm big on that. I hate when comics are like, yeah, dude, I opened for fucking oh, yeah. Dave Chappelle. No, bitch, you were on the bill. Uh-oh. There's a difference. We got a dog I got to kill. Hold on. Be right back. Kill that dog. Can they still hear me? Oh, yeah. Am I still recording? Yeah, okay. you, you can tell, yeah, tell your fans what you think. I mean, whatever. I've never been in a worse place than this in my entire life. This is the most disgusting house. There's there's weird Nazi flags all over this house. I had no idea. Luke seems like such a nice guy. There's just weird. He smokes crack. Did anybody know that he smoked crack? There's fucking crack pipes all around this house. I can't believe this. You would not believe it. I'm going to get some footage on my phone. I'll publish it later. Don't tell him I said any of this shit. Dude, it sounds like you're whispering to a Bible back here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, told, I told him some of your secrets. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't think that there's a a, a good, like a funny um, white male comic who hasn't at some point looked at someone with some kind of either disability or disadvantage on stage and thought, Damn just it. some little part of them is just like, man, if I just had, if I was fat if, if I, I just was, had a limp oh, something I mean something. And, and then you immediately just feel like the worst piece of shit possible I know but that's how bad you want to be funny you know you want to be funny man it's and like it's, don't worry I'm fucked up I yeah. just got I just it's not superficially I don't know and that's the thing too about like PC everybody has bitched because when we started in 2015 that was really we were really at like this the very very start point of things getting really really PC um and it wasn't so much mm. in 2015, but it's like literally 2016 hit. The internet revved yeah. that year. <laughs> Absolutely. And But what what I now realize is like it didn't – comedy hasn't really gotten that much more PC. It's only gotten much more PC for straight white dudes, which I am, which mm. is hard and it sucks. But at the same time, I mean, fucking I get it. Yeah, yeah it's not one we, of those – I'm not, I'm not I, like we can say these things, but I'm not going like, to go around and go like, like just make a big old post on the internet going yeah. like, hey, listen, guys, this is swung too far. I'm like, I'm not going to – what? No, I don't no, care. We just don't get to dictate the culture anymore, which is what all the other people had to f- deal with yeah. the rest of comedy. It was like black comics had to stick – they had to toe a certain line mm-hmm. until like Richard Pryor hit. And even then – you know, it's just been a, you know, so now it's just been the, the tables have turned and I think that's a good thing, not necessarily for me and my particular and, kind of comedy. But. Yeah, right. And I mean, but at, the end of the, at the end of the day, I I feel like it's just like, if you just keep showing up and you want to make people laugh and that is truly what you want to do, you're going to get work. Yeah. And you're, I mean, you got to be funny. But, yeah, yeah. But you find a way. I mean, it's, there's no, like that, the best thing to have in front of you, like it, it not, all the doors shouldn't just open up. For you to go. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. No struggle, no 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 chuckles. That's why I feel so bad for David Rodriguez. Yeah, it's just straight white male. <laughs> too easy for him. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing is he's just not funny. No, you know he's just not a funny guy. So no, it's unusual. I it was so hard to talk to him for an hour. <laughs> you guys had a lovely conversation. That was I, I enjoyed it. Oh good man, I'm trying to make I I the thing I love about podcast is I get to I, I've made an excuse to talk with funny people. That's awesome. But totally. also, this kills an hour of work somewhere for someone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I do podcasts for, or I listen to podcasts. Like, my whole work week is just, okay, I listen to 36 hours, 40 hours of garbage. Do you listen to that, that much podcast? I probably Pretty listen much to, all yeah, like all day. Oh, wow. Podcasts. Are they mostly comedy? Half and half. I'll do like, 
I'll like do comedy in the morning. I, I stopped doing news. Did you ever do news podcasts? Like literally two or three times ever. I couldn't handle it. Oh my god! I got in like the, the daily. Ever listened to the daily? Yeah, that, one. To that one. This is the daily. Yeah, I'm Michael Barber. And uh, yeah, the news which already it just takes bums you out so seriously. It, bum- it, it, it so serious, so bad. Yeah. It, every morning it would wake up. It was like, hey, you knew the daily, and it says. America is no longer the number one economy, and China owns us. It's like, all right, this is going to be a great day of work. This is going to be killer day. <laughs> yeah, it's super depressing. I mean, yeah. I pretty much am I'm a major just headline reader anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I just to peruse and see what's going on, and that's almost overwhelming. Oh, yeah. I love the news. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got rid of social media apps, and now I'm addicted to hitting my news app button. I just, like, literally 10 mm-hmm. times a day. I'm just like, what's, what's we're all at, we're all addicts, aren't we? Yeah, we're totally addicts. Yeah, and, it, it, and none of us know it yet. Have you ever tried to like? Have you ever had like been having a conversation with someone and they're looking at their phone while they're talking to you? Oh yeah, I've been that person. Many <laughs> and what's times. up? Yeah, I'll book you. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> I mean, and I'll usually be like scrolling, and I'll be like, oh, sorry, man, no, I'm listening. I just got to answer this. You know, I've been that fucking piece of shit <laughs> many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's new shit, dude. Um, wait, I wanted to mentioned something that oh yeah i wanted to talk about this podcast so i just saw that what you have published right now is just three right it's um Mm -hmm. toby mandy and david yeah what better way to start a podcast i fucking love all three of those people really i think it's so great and each one of them is i think like an exceptional example of what i wish everyone in comedy was they just grind they Mm -hmm. try to be funny and they stay out of the bullshit. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a good way to do just it. Just be like that, man. <laughs> uh, people who are like policing the world, like was like, hey, everyone, this is how comedy has to be. It's just like, dude, just go write a joke. I know, just write a joke, man. Yeah. But yeah, well, thanks, great. dude. I, I'm glad you're doing the pod. Cast, yeah, me too. Though, so you're you're not done. So that's what I was thinking. I, I what I pictured you when you said you quit comedy is. You're walking down, you know, in Fort Collins, and the new comedy club's open, and you see like everyone laughing and having a good time, and you're just looking at the window in there, and just be like, "That used to be me." And you just walk off to your train set in your basement. Like, that's what that's I mean. What I you're I not wrong. <laughs> no. You're really not wrong, but but in a good way. Would like, you Would you walk in there and do a set though? Would you? Ever- no, I, I honestly couldn't do a set. I've I've genuinely forgotten my jokes. Like I tried to think of the words to one of my like right. most done jokes, and I couldn't think of it the other day. I have a new half hour. It's yeah. <laughs> all yours, man. Run with it. Uh, I, I really because I just hit a point of burnout, and there was financial stuff. Like I ha- I got to a point where I I couldn't keep going. I couldn't keep grinding at the poverty level that I was. So I knew that I had to go get a real job. I started calling people that I knew in the oil field, to, and I'm 45 years old. Going back to the oil field was like a death sentence, you know? Oh, yeah. And then luckily, our friend Chris Munoz, another local comic, uh, got me a job at um, Constant Contact doing sales. And I love it, and it's great, but I have to be really dedicated. You know, I work really fucking hard at it. And I couldn't do, like, I can't do what I'm doing now and grind the way I was, which is Denver three to five times a week. Comedy works, getting home at midnight, yep. you know, all that shit that you got to do. It's a grind, dude. Yeah. And yeah, I, I I, mean, I'm in my I'm late 20s and I'm just like, <laughs> I'll wake up mornings and be like, oh, because I, I, we're sort of, the shows are starting to come back and I, I'm like, I'll drive to Denver and come back and be like, wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> just like, no, this yeah, day's going to suck. And then I, you know, I, I don't smoke weed, but I drink hard when I drink and. You're getting free tickets. 
yeah, if you're getting free tickets, you want to hang out with people. I mean, that's how you network for a lot of us. Um, Which is the dumbest thing ever, right? It's just like, like, yeah. like, let's go get four more drinks and then talk shit about someone. Like, hey, what are you doing <laughs> Friday? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that piece. Yeah, I don't like that piece of yeah. shit either. Oh, you yeah. want to be on my show? Who, do, yeah, you, who cool. do you not like? Oh, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but again, here, go back to David Rodriguez. Uh, you don't have to be a drunken idiot to network. <laughs> nope. Be nice and mm -hmm. helpful and funny and, you know, yeah. do it that way. But it's exhausting, and I just couldn't do it anymore. And so I have, like, forgotten comedy. I have just, like, I don't miss it. That is so crazy to me. It is crazy to me, too, man, because I, when I did it, my first set, I was like, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life no matter what. And then one day I was like, that's it. Nope. I'm Done. And was don't it the miss virus? it ever. Was it the virus or was it something before the virus? No, I decided about a month before that I was going to, that's when I started pulling all the plugs. Um, it was like late January, early February, giving shows away. And it was more of like, I need to go back to work. I need to just put comedy on the back burner and we'll see what happens. And then COVID hit and everyone quit comedy. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one will notice. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're just doing your part. But then I just started feeling better about my life. And, you know, one of the things that gets drowned out is the rest of your life. I mean, it drowns out everything. I didn't have hobbies. I didn't have, I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So getting back into a real life, friends who weren't comedians, a social life, you know, my girlfriend and I are debaucherous animals. So like during the week, we're very straight laced. And on the weekends, we drink and we go to cookouts and we just party. And it's so fun. And then when I was in the, I went to the comedy club last night and hung out with David and a couple of people just looking around at the construction. And I was like, oh shit, I, I gotta go do, I gotta do comedy again. Oh shit. Like so, I have to. Yeah. Just cause I want, I like daydream about when we're all hanging out at that club and talking shop. That's mm -hmm. all I want from comedy from this point on. I just want to be a comedian and that's easy to do. You don't have to do all that crazy shit. No. Just go do comedy. Dude, I would love to see you just when the, when the comedy fort opens up, you're just the resident Kyle. You know, dude, I'm just gonna hit open mics. Like, I'm sure David will offer me a spot at some point, but I don't want it until you know. Oh yeah, you I don't need, know. I it's guess just, you need new jokes. Yeah, I'm gonna start over. I'm gonna scrap everything. You know, that's kind of freeing, is yeah. it not? Yeah, I did it after my first year. I scrapped everything and started over. It was horrible three months of bombing, and then you know, get him, and then you get better. I, I I kind of chip jokes off. Mm. It's a healthier way to do it. Yeah, I don't know. Like this all sucks and just shove it in a closet and burn it. But no, it's yeah. Well, my first year too, I was just pretty much impersonating Jezelnik. I've I've been pretty public about that. Like I didn't know how to do comedy, and I was like, oh, I and I, I tried to write some one-liners, and I was like, oh, just say something nice and then make it really fucked up at the end. That's easy. Yeah, it's easy. Anyone can do it. I did the same thing with Louis C.K. bit, and oh, I was God. like, oh, just be a piece of shit for five minutes. And then after like, you know, the seven minutes of silence. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. And I heard you guys talking about that. It's like, then you're like, oh, I wonder why I'm not getting booked. Yeah. Why am I not getting booked? <laughs> it's probably your three minutes on rape, bro. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. That old biscuit. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> What's wrong with my set? Oh, just a circle. The rape part. Yeah. When did you start? Man. Okay. Then my first open mic in 2015. Okay. And then oh, oh, yeah. That's way right. Way late. Way late. And. Then I didn't do it for two years. Yeah, okay. I did it. I did it like increment. I would do it like every oh. other month, and I first time was great. And then I ate shit like eighteen times after that. Uh. And then <laughs> the nineteenth time in Boulder, when I was doing it like in two thousand seventeen, I was like, "Oh, this is awesome! I, I have a joke. One joke works." 
And I learned that people don't just go up there and just tell the same, like they tell the same joke sometimes. So like, mm. well, the first time I could, you, like, Oh, you I, thought it was just complete original. Oh my time. God. Yeah. I yeah. thought, I thought you just go up there and you wing it. No one ever gives you a textbook <laughs> of comedy. I know, man. And so when he's, but the cool thing about going to the open mics, if you keep going, you start realizing and just noticing from our comics, you're like, oh, you did this joke, but it's a little different and it's funnier. Yeah. So you're doing the same thing, but you're changing it. Yeah. But you're also not doing the same thing. I know you're. Or you're, you're doing it the same, and the crowd's different. And all of a sudden, it works brilliantly. Yeah, and that's infuriating and awesome at the same time. So that was like a thing where it's just like, oh, like this is this you you constantly because we have so many people in the Colorado comedy scene, you're constantly seeing people get so good. You're like, it's possible. I can probably do that if I just keep doing what they're doing, which show up at the open mics. Yeah. Well, and that's great. I think that's part of what like your your class of comics and all of the people that I would say are like the grinders now in, in Fort Collins. That was the thing that clicked that I think is lacking in most people is you you did look and you thought, what do I need to be good at this? Okay, I see that. I'll model myself after that. I think most people that do comedy don't ever think that way. They just either think they're delusional and think they're funny or they ne it never even occurs to them to try to model yourself yeah. after something. We're all, we're, everyone's a bit delusional too, doing and it. And yeah, you have to have that. It's mm -hmm. a, such a fine line. If you have too much, you're gonna be very bad. If you have too little, you're not gonna have the confidence to keep going. I should quit comedy. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I, really, if I can convey one message today to it's people. Quit comedy. Quit comedy. <laughs> and listen to the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, man, but I, I really, I can't wait. I got so juiced up just like there's this little area in the club where David said like, yeah, this is where I kind of foresee the comics hanging out during the show. And it's just a little tucked away corner. And that was one of the, like I've had like three moments since quitting that I was like, oh shit, I miss comedy real bad. Is it just a cage? Uh, it's more or less. <laughs> okay. It's like back by the like the storage unit area of the club where nice. it keeps like the liquor locked up, t hopefully tightly locked up. If that's where the comics yeah, are, yeah, double, out. double, double locked. Yeah, <laughs> but I just you know I know you know that feeling of being crowded into a corner, not enough seats, and we're all standing there, and we're all happy to be standing because oh. there's enough people that they need the seats, and mm -hmm. you're watching somebody and you're laughing, but you're also judging them and you fucking hate them because they're better than you, but also <laughs> maybe they're not. I've heard the best the best expression. <laughs> I've heard of it is when uh, a comic is jealous of someone on stage. It's because it's like, hey, that's my girlfriend you're with right now. Mm, mm -hmm. I, I know how to treat my girlfriend better than you do. That's perfect. Give me some analogy. time with my girlfriend. <laughs> that's right. That's perfect. Now <laughs> she never laughs like that for yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. Dude, I was on Facebook and I saw uh, a year ago we did that. New Nebraska show together. Were you on the first one? I was on the first one. Yeah. Okay. That was so fun and Nebraska. I know, man. Scott's Bluff, Nebraska. That and that was one of those things that like only got better and better. I've I've had so many bad shows, run so many bad shows, um, that that one and Elliot's, which Chris Munoz started, um, but th those were really the only two um, that I wasn't with David David Ren. You know. Yeah, you had a martini the, bar and yeah, yeah, and then Nebraska that it was just like, oh my god, this is just perfect. I've landed on something perfect. Mm -hmm. Let's just do. And then when it is, when you have the setting and the ingredients, then it's just be smart enough to bring good comics. Yeah, keep keep crushing with some funny yeah. folks. Be professional. And then, so that was just amazing from that first show on. And that's the one that Mandy, I was really disappointed with COVID because Mandy was just taking mm -hmm. that over for yeah. me. And I thought she was just going to be perfect for it. She crushed there. Yeah, she blew it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ready to go, Kay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hand you some gold and you shit on it with a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a fun show, though, up there. Mm. The, like, the, like, I love going... Like I, 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 I listen to a lot of comics, and I like over like on just on podcasts and all over, they're saying like, "Oh, I had to go to Nebraska, or I had to go to wherever the hell." And I think all these comics, they don't understand that these people fucking love when the circus oh, comes to yeah, town. Man. I mean, small towns can be the worst, but they can be the absolute best. Oh too, my god! Man. And Scotts Bluff is like, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska is just it's Nebraska, but it's on the far, far west side of it, and it's it's so close to Colorado. It's just like basically like. Hey, this is like a mini, like really cool place. Like, but don't tell anyone. Kind of. Yeah, it totally is, man. It's like quietly cool and cheap. You get like a grilled pizza for eight bucks. Yeah, that was nuts. I was like, their food was awesome. Good food, and yeah. it's not a thousand dollars. And then the only thing about it was like after the show, the only thing to do was to go to that one other bar across the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it just sucked. It was so just like, bad. okay, I guess we can play pool. We went to the, we had that hotel after, because we, they, that was a gig where they gave us a hotel too, and then we would try to go play in like the pool. Like, we're, we're going to play in the pool. And then that, that one lady was just like, you have to get out. Oh, yeah. And you're saying something like, I'll, I'll suck your, like, what, what did you say? <laughs> you're saying something like, I'll fuck you, dude, or something like that. Something no, like I said, no, I made her laugh, but she still <laughs> kicked us out. Whatever I said wasn't, I didn't say I'd fuck her. <laughs> or if I did, I said it with more style With, with than love, that. with love. <laughs> I'll, I'll fuck, fuck you, you with love. <laughs> yeah. Five more I'll minutes. love fuck you. No, that's not what they said. <laughs> Who was the headliner? Uh, Elliot Woolsey. 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 I think it's Woolsey. I, I, yeah, Elliot Woolsey. Oh, Woolsey. yeah. Man, you remember how fucking hard he crushed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was telling that joke about, uh, what was he, about washing his balls in the shower. Like... <laughs> If you heard an open micer say that that's their premise, you're like, this is going to be the worst two minutes of my life. It's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> Ten minute joke of him washing his balls in the shower, and it was unreal. Unreal how funny that was, man. They were all fun. Something. I mean, I didn't. There was not a bad night there. One comic ever had a bad set there, and it wasn't their fault. It was just it was a female comic who was talking about like strong female things, and Scott's Bluff, Nebraska, was like, you know what? We're progressive. <laughs> For Nebraska. <laughs> There's a line, and you're crossing it. And it was weird, man. It was, like, really awful, because this comic I, I have a ton of respect for, and she performed perfectly. I've seen her a hundred times, mm -hmm. and she performed as if she was crushing, and still the crowd was just like, Cricket. fuck you. And at one point she goes, hey, are, it feels a little weird in here. Are you guys okay? And somebody in the audience goes, it's you. <laughs> I was like, man, you pieces of shit. Yeah. We, but it was so cool to see that pro moment of her just soldiering through and just, you know, I mean, she really, she performed like she was having fun. And yeah. I know that it was like one of the most miserable nights. There's ever. times when uh, your buddies who are comics are bombing. It's like funny. And there's times when it's just like, oh, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. This isn't right at all. Oh, yeah. It's funny when they deserved a bomb. Like oh, if yeah. your friend is eating shit because he's bad at it. Yeah, you're like, like, I'm going to try <laughs> this new thing out. And you're like, no, it's not going to work. It's like, fuck you, it is. And then... <laughs> You just described most of my relationship with Erdman. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Erdman, okay. Yeah, yeah you're, you're uh, Erdman. If you, you might hear him on the pod. I don't know. I, I try to, like, when people listen, like, who the fuck are these people? Who, uh, Jacob Erdman is a guy in town who, he's a goblin who makes shows for comics in he, town. He got me started. He was a guy. He's the reason I started comedy. Really? Yeah. I met him through the music scene, um, and I found out he was, we hung out for a few months. We were just, like, friends. 
and he was a comic. And then leading up to my 40th birthday, I wanted to do something really terrifying and memorable. And I started thinking about like, I was looking into mountains that I could climb that like you should have gear and knowledge for. And I was like, I'm just gonna do it. I just, for my 40, I want something like I could die doing, gonna wing but it. I'm gonna accomplish. And then I genuinely, like one day I was like, oh, stand-up comedy is actually the most terrifying thing I could think of doing. And if, if I hadn't known Erdman, I wouldn't have done it. He was the gatekeeper for the scariest thing you ever. Yeah. Wow. And he's like, like man, Jacob Rudman is genuinely one of the most naturally funny people I've ever hung out with. Like when we just hang out, he's just crazy funny. So I also thought like uh, I had never seen him do stand up, and I was like, oh fuck, I can't. I'm probably gonna, you know, I'm not like this guy. I'm not as funny <laughs> as this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, you know, you realize like, oh, off stage doesn't mean shit. No, like who you are on stage is completely different. How do you present yourself? And yeah, it's always a bummer. It's just like, dude, you're funny. Just I think I think that what that is, is when someone can't relax on stage, mm-hmm. like they're funny, like they feel relaxed around you, but the second they're in front of an audience, they can't learn. They can't for some one reason or another can't get themselves to like. All right, this is where I should be. This is yeah. Good. Or a lot of people are more situational, like people who are in a group, they're bouncing off of what other people say and whatever. And you'd think, you know, maybe those people could be the best crowd work comics, but I mean, it's just, it's such a tricky animal. I think you're one of the people that is the most like yourself on stage as off. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I try not to be a sociopath, you know. Yeah, no, it seems very natural. <laughs> and I know how hard that is to to do. Like, you know, people, oh, he's just the same. Well, it takes a lot of fucking work to be the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, I don't know. I because I've tried everything else. I've tried everything else where it's like I'll try be this comic because when you first oh, start, you? oh yeah, I was like I'll do uh, one lines and nah, no, I'm not gonna do one liner. And then I was like I'll tell stories and like maybe I should tighten up these stories. And like <laughs> just you know, like maybe it'll be gross. And it just I've just all these things you think you know what you're doing. It's just you got you got to eat shit yeah. to find out what you want to do. That's interesting because I guess I never saw you or I don't remember seeing you before you were just like you are now, which is very much you. There's a you know, there's a reason why I, I did an <laughs> open mic and then waited a month and yeah. then did an open mic, <laughs> moved to a different open mic, waited a month. Oh, man. <laughs> I just ate shit so bad. I think if I hadn't, I when I did my first set of Hodes, I, I got, la- I got, I was terrible. I was like holding the paper. I was shaking. I wouldn't look at the crowd. But I got laughs at most of the points that I wanted to get laughs, you know, most of the points I planned. Yeah. So for an opening set, I would say that it was a good opening uh, first set. But if it hadn't been, I there's no way I would have ever gone back. I would have been like, okay, I did that thing. Isn't that crazy too? Yeah. Some people, a lot, I think a lot of comics today who are doing it for a living, their first set, if they would have done bad, they could have just never done it again. Yeah, absolutely. Damn. And what and more impressive to me is the people who do eat shit for fucking years <laughs> and they keep going and then become good because there's a lot of those stories out there too. Because you you see a lot of comics too who are uh, just they've oh I've been here for fifteen years I've been telling the same five minutes yeah and it's just like am I gonna be that <laughs> am I gonna do that man which no there but for the grace of God you know what yeah. I mean <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's oh yeah it's terrifying and I remember that's another thing like early on I was very judgmental of like why aren't you pushing the boundaries why aren't you doing more and more and then you get to a point where you're like. It's kind of like when I see homeless people now in my 40s, I'm like, man, I'm like one bad day away. I'm one bad <laughs> one bad thing in my life. You see know, you just start to like yeah. have more sympathy for other people. You gotta. And, and the further you go in comedy, you realize like, oh man, I, I get it, man. Yeah. It's easier to just go up and do that shit that you've always done. I, I, uh, I got into comedy because I listened to Brendan Schaub's 
Mm. Comedy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Uh, you know, it's good. It's like one of those. Is he some quote unquote dark comic? No, he's just, he's a comic who who uh, hitched his wagon to the Joe Rogan podcast, uh. and everyone's like, "We fuck." He did MMA. He's. He did. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, guy. yeah. Is he bad? Oh, so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's making billions, but you know, yeah, that of course, shit. man. I don't know. He's one of those dudes. He's just like, oh yeah, he's selling a lot of clubs and shit, huh? Yeah, he sells shits a shitload of clubs, yeah. and like the kind of comic who's like, he's telling the feature, like, hey, can you can you lighten up a bit on the? Can you go easy on him? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I'm oh, trying man. to tell my jokes. Those people should. Those guys should be run out in the I fucking know. street. I mean, I get it, man. Give me an opportunity to make millions of dollars. Yeah. I'm probably gonna do whatever, but yeah, you're gonna make oh. me feel bad about getting eighty thousand dollars this weekend. <sighs> Fucking screech. <laughs> fucking screech. <laughs> well, if you start looking for problems about everything, you know, you'll find plenty. You know, yeah, totally. But I, I heard, uh, you know, I, I when, um, what's his name from Jackass? Uh, Johnny Knoxville? No, Steve-O. Steve-O. Steve-O started doing it. I was like, well, okay, man, I get it. Like, you got an opportunity to make money. You're going to go do that. And then I've heard comics that worked with him say that he was actually really, really good and also very, very cool to other comics. Good. Know? So that goes a lot. That. To me, I'm like, all right, well, if you're kind of funny and you're really good to other comics, yeah, he's, good he, for you, man. The, I wish the biggest that. sin of it all is like you, you, you're so bad, you want to bog down the rest of the show and comedy as a whole to be to meet the bar for you tonight. Yeah, that's, that's despicable. Gross. That is despicable. I know uh, Sam Talent has a, a great story about he he did a bunch of work on the road with Kanane, and he said that <laughs> one of the biggest compliments he ever got was Kanane said. Uh, after a, after a tour, he said, "Well, never having you on the road with me again," <laughs> because he said he just had to fucking work for it every night. Mm-hmm. Sam's such a beast. That's that's, how, that's cool. why I love I love hearing those stories though. I get excited when a really well known headliner is like, "Hey, my feature's burying me." Oh, it's yeah. like I get excited. That's a whole other you know talent out there that's killing it. It's the best, and it should be the goal. I mean, you know, I've always told Crawford that one of my number one comedy goals was to bury his ass. To feature for him and fucking put him in the dirt, and I made him one time. He had to work for it about five minutes after my set. Took him about five minutes before he really cracked him over. And but Crawford, I, I think he's one of the best comics. Anthony Crawford in Anthony Denver. Crawford. Yes, he's well, seasoned comedian. Oh my god, dude. one of those dudes where you see like you see that he's not on every TV, and you're just like, what is wrong? It doesn't make sense, dude. With the world, he is magic on stage. And any room, any kind of demographic, I mean, anything at all. So for him to have to work a little bit after one of my sets is still one of the biggest feathers in my cap. I'm sure he would deny it. I did a show. Uh, as well, with, he should. Oh, yeah. I, I did a show with him in Loveland, and it's like Loveland is a really old, kind of a lot, a lot older people out there. We still got some youths moving in there, but uh, all over Colorado, but there's an old population. And he's doing his joke about how he had to watch all, like, his, he had a job where he watched porn. <laughs> all he did was watch porn for like, nine to five 40 hours a week watch porn for a, a like a record store or something like that to like yeah. make sure there's no <laughs> like to edit things out if there needs to be and oh, God, that that audience so all the youths were just losing it i mean i was losing it. i was like slapping my like people next to me like losing it and the uh, like the old folks are just like mm, it's a bit crass i don't like this yeah like, no, i've seen him crush older rooms with that too and that's one of the things i love about watching him too is he's one of those guys he's been doing it so long he's 20 years He's so good. He's seen every room there is. So he'll he'll go out of his way to do jokes that he doesn't think would be good in that room to make them work in that room. And he does. And it, it's 
Oh man, it's so funny. I, he also does the things like, I know I'm funny, so shut up. Just shut oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> He'll just tell her to shut up. Like, I, I know I'm funny. I've been doing this a while. I absolutely hate when comics do that because most of them that do it aren't good mm-hmm. enough to do it. Uh, when you got 20 years of comedy under your belt. Oh, man. He, have you ever seen him do the thing where at the end he'll say, okay, I'm going to tell three more jokes, <laughs> and the first one's going to kind of be, you know, kind of get you where I want you to be. The second one's going to push you a little bit further, and then the third one is going to be a home fucking run. And he does, and it's so obnoxious. It's like so arrogant. It's to like do. a magic show. It's like, I'm going to do these, these three things. Yeah. Right? I'm going to yeah. do these three things. And you're still not going to see how the magic works. And, mm-hmm. you know, he does it. It's so great, man. We got a lot of good comics out here, dude. A lot well, of good guys. We lost one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> For a minute, I thought you were talking about ALS. Oh. <laughs> <You're> t- <laughs> I got all serious. I was like, damn, yeah. I mean, fucking way to bring that up again. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, sorry, we lost two. <laughs> <laughs> you know who would love that joke? Fucking ALS. Good. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's right. I miss her, man. Yeah. I, I've never talked about her on the podcast. Alice was a, a she, she was a, our friend comic and t- who, you know, passed away last year. She was, she was the best, man. Yeah. She was, uh, it was so great. Before being Alice, she was Richard Kennedy. And the first comedy, first amateur comedy I ever saw, I went to an open mic at Yum Yums. And this was like 2012 or something before I even. It was one of those moments, I think I heard you and David talk about how you don't understand how comedy works. You think that people just walk on stage and they're Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. You know, now people have better realization because of reality shows. But so I was like, I happened to be in Yum Yums when this open mic started. And I was like, oh, this is how comedy works. Like you just go to a bar and you do it. And it was me and my ex-wife and my friend. And we were just rip roaring drunk when they started. And Richard Kennedy did a set. And I, la- I was laughing so hard that I was drooling. I was literally <laughs> bent over, drunkenly drooling, and I knew I was drooling. I was horrified by the fact that I was drooling, and I still was laughing so hard I couldn't stop. That's so funny. It was like, and that was my first exposure to Fort Collins comedy, and that was Richard Kennedy, who then became A-list. Uh, and man, when he transitioned to she. It was just like watching someone. It was like a fucking cocoon. Oh yeah, opening. It's I mean, like, it was nuts. Oh, so you've always been funny, but you you don't. You, this is who you actually are. Yeah, and confidence and beauty and mm-hmm. I mean, ah oh, man. Well, I don't have a drink, but cheers, bud. Cheers, Alice. I'm drinking Bacardi and grapefruit soda water. I'm drinking burnt coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of podcast you got here, man. <laughs> Burnt coffee. You're looking like you are embracing the silver fox. Oh yeah, man. You I look love at, it. God, like you look. What is it? I'm so excited to get old because that's when I'll be hot. You know, dude. I, my my um, my girlfriend now and multiple people have told me I'm better looking now than I was before. This is gonna sound horrible. I'm, I'm sound so <laughs> that just sounded so shitty. But I was a fat little idiot my whole life, and I was like, oh man, I am like I'm still kind of a fat out of shape. You know, I don't have a lot going for me. But I like got old and I'm better looking and that's amazing. I can't wait until this whole fucking beard is silver too. I love. Oh yeah, that look. I'm starting to get some pepper in there. Yeah, yeah. Cut that whole fucking part out of this thing. That's disgusting. <laughs> I, don't, I can't believe I just said that out loud. Dude, you're. You, who this cares? Just a double. Too. You said, hey, you just said you don't give a shit anymore. You're like, I don't give a shit. I, I really quit, don't. I quit comedy. I really don't. Bring that's it the, on. That's the most freeing thing. You could shit on my chest. I don't care. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you could have done that before. Okay. That would have been funny. So, if it's funny, it's no, that's okay. my that's the Patreon. That's <laughs> boofing with Luke Gaston. 
God damn it, that's what this should be called. Boofing. Boofing. I don't know, dude. Well, if this fails, we can, yeah. I love it, man. I love the name. I think the setup is great. Um, yeah. I love that you're doing it. I think you're tailor-made for this shit. You're a great conversationalist, fun guy, you know? God, this is the best interview. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just hate everything else, you know? Yeah. That's kind of part of it, right? It's like I, I don't like... I realized, uh, like, I, I, I fucking love, like, four things, and I want to be really good at those four things. At the end good of the day, to know those four things, man. I think most people go through life not even knowing a one thing that they really want to be great at, you know? Yeah. It's kind of scary when you figure out what you want to do, though, right? Oh, yeah. We're like, oh, this is, this is it. Now I have to be obsessive, no. yeah. That's why it was more of a quit, or, you know, most people would say, I'm taking time off comedy. I'm just, I'm an all-or-nothing guy. Like, yeah. I, it's going to be hard when I go back. I want to go back to just doing comedy and having fun, but I don't know how long it'll last before I start getting all fucking psychotic about it again. Yeah. Well, but you'll make people laugh. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. <be> good. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have a fucking club here, man. Yeah, it's crazy, and I, I think it's funny when you like when people say like, "Oh, I'm taking a break." Like both that and in relationships, like for comedy and relationships. When you ever hear that, it's like, "Oh, hey, you're taking a break." Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I have I'm, I've never taken a break from early. If if, no. <laughs> if I get to that point, I'm like. We're never gonna talk again ever. No, I love, but I love hearing people are like, like when you hear that in like you know, college or high school, or whatever, whatever friends you have, you're like, oh yeah, we're just taking a break. It's like, okay, so you're having sex with like everyone else right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, because that's what you do, man. As mm -hmm. soon as you get out of a relationship, you're like, oh man, I'm sad. I better yeah. sleep with seven. Just text people. like, hey, how's it going? Oh, good. This break's great. <laughs> having a great break. Yeah. Is there like a date on a calendar you get back together or just? Do you think you'll get back together? No. 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 Not. Things are pretty good. Maybe. What do you feel about Four Collins Comedy? Like, how, how do you feel about the scene? What's what? going on? The people that are involved in it? I feel like the people there, we, we have a, like, Four Collins has, we have a gaggle of whatever, how much that is, of people who really are fucking funny. Mm -hmm. And some of them are, I think, they're, they're super funny, but they got to just, I mean, it's hard to say, like, they got to get on stage more mm -hmm. now. Because everything's right. so up in the air. So if if it wasn't a pandemic, I'd say like, oh well, it's just we have killer funny people. I think they just got to get like popping around if they can handle it to pop around and do more shows and get out there. So that's yeah, that's the, that was going to be my follow up is the uh, what's the ambition level? Ambition like leave to go to L.A. Ambition to no, if I can go to Denver and do a mic like people, uh, how hungry are the comics? We got six to eight, I think, hungry hungry comics who would you know pack you know get shoved in the u-haul go down to denver do all the mics and pop down mm -hmm. so there's there's people. that's pretty solid there's people and the cool thing about what we have going on in fort collins is we'll have you know our local people who are funny but we have a huge swell of talent in denver to come up and and because denver well people will just go five minutes okay yeah i'll come yeah 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 i'll bike yeah, there for sure fuck it yeah that's an interesting thing is i think that they're around they're just exposed to uh a higher level of ambition, whether it be healthy or not, or realistic or not. I think that's the one thing in a bigger scene like that. You, you can't you can't go to Mike's and have a good set and think you're doing the right things in comedy because you look to your left or your right, and there's people who will drive out of state on a work night for a five minute set, and you know it. You know, honestly, if you just go to Den if you just go to Comedy Works New Talent Night and you do really really well consistently, call in every week, go as often as you can, and crush you'll get Denver gigs out of that. Because most yep. of the people booking decent shows are always there watching. And you're not a crazy person. You're not 
Yeah, you're not a piece you were, of shit. You were kicked out of four scenes before you. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. This is this is going on the basis that you're an okay human being. I, I was on a show with someone who was uh, who was canceled, canceled the next day. Like I saw him, he cr- crushed. He crushed at the set in Boulder. We were on a show together, and the next day, the f- like the Facebook swarm was like, "Oh, by the way, he's a little bit of a me too." Whatever. The was it a Fort Collins guy? No, uh, Denver guy. Mm, yes, at the time. Yeah, got kicked out of Chicago for being just. Get Pete, put your hands. That's the guy that I'm thinking of. Uh, oh. What was his name? Basil. Yeah, Basil. Yeah, Basil Farage. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, serial number. <laughs> yeah, I can. I don't care. I'll fucking drag all these motherfuckers out. I don't right. care. Drag me out. I don't give a shit, man. It's uh, that's a freeing, freeing thing. You don't want to book me anymore. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty powerful, dude. I think you're probably like it's funny. I oh, think you nice. quitting comedy might make you the biggest comic to hit. The, hit the <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> the bad boy of comedy. I get Netflix next year. Yeah, he stopped trying. Yeah. We want him. Yeah, was mentioned kind of by Doug Stanhope. In nah, a yeah, I'm gonna have to write a better joke than butt chugging before that happens. But. <laughs> What I was going to say, too, though, is that the, the mics outside of Denver, like the, between Fort Collins and Denver mics, that's where I think the most growth can happen is by going to places like that Tandoori Grill my, uh, mic and, you know, any, anything in Boulder in, um, man, the show, uh, who was running the Lafayette show? Uh, Joe Kimbrell, and she was running a couple of different shows there. Those are those, those tr- more honest crowds, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Denver crowds are very clicky, just like the scene is kind of clicky. Yeah, if you're doing jokes at 1 a.m. at a dive bar in Denver with uh, people kind of the same age, yeah, guess what? Your joke could... But you, I mean, I could think of some jokes you could write for that audience that would kill Yeah, some kind of like, I don't know, Facebook joke or like MySpace joke. Like, oh, you had MySpace. Yeah. You know, but if you do a MySpace joke in Longmont, they're like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, Why absolutely. are you here? Well, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm interested. I love this scene so much and I love so many of the people in it. And I'm just, I'm, I, I just am always hoping like that there's that drive there, you mm-hmm. know, because sometimes that's been the frustration as I see people that I think are funny and then they don't seem to get funnier or grow. And that's on, that's their business. It's none of my business, but I'm just like, you know, yeah. this, is, this is my baby. I love this scene so much. I want to. It comes back to, it continue. all comes back to you seeing someone just like how I said, like when I see, see people at open, there's people at open mic getting better at comedy. You see people in the comedy scene getting these crazy cool gigs where they're getting to open for someone on tour mm-hmm. or people who are getting passed at the club in Denver. You're like, oh, so Fort Collins comedians, people in this tiny, tiny town, little north of Denver can really get, you can get good at comedy and you can do this. Yeah. It's possible, but you have to do the things to do it. You have to do it, man. And like the, the, like the shit with David, you know, we all love to give David shit for just being naturally, naturally good and having all these natural opportunities. That motherfucker works harder than anybody. Yeah. Anybody that I know. He, and smarter and harder than everybody. When he was saying like, I mastered chess at a young age, I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah, that kind of mind. Yeah, he's got a great mind, but man, though it's the work ethic. You can be the funniest, you can be the best. Uh, Sam, actually, Sam Talent told me that. I forget what famous comic said to him early on. You can, uh, you may not be the funniest, and you may not be the smartest, but never let anybody outwork you. Mm-hmm. And Sam said that when he heard that, he didn't. He literally didn't miss a night for years. Like he never didn't do comedy a single night for years after that. And I think that's you know. 
that's the same with David. It's the same with anybody that you find. Canaan, these guys that you look at and you think they're just like kind of lazy drunkards, whatever, you know, this, that's an image, man. Those image. guys are grinding motherfuckers. And they lean into that image though, too. Like every sure. comic like that, it's just like, hey, look at my weird eye or whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah. A hardworking, smart guy's not funny. No. <laughs> a, a dumb fuck up is no. funny. That's, I love that about comedy too, where it's like, if everything is going wrong, this is going to be a great show. <laughs> if everything is going mm -hmm. terribly wrong, this is going to be fun. Absolutely. Because you can make fun of the, the thing that's terribly wrong. God, I love that too, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you don't want the person up there who's like, hey, everything's going great, I'm awesome, uh, just got a raise. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hilarious shit going on here. Which is part of the whole straight white guy thing. I mean, that's part of it is like, man, it's really hard for people to have any kind of empathy for you. Yeah, oh yeah, no. When you're kind of at the, you know, you're the fucking apex predator, man. Like, yeah. Even if you do work in like the lumber yard and you yeah. have no medical insurance, it's like, well... Yeah, and all of that is real, but when you get on stage, none of that shit matters. No, no one matters. Like, I mean, I'm a I'm a big, healthy white dude, you know. Big, big. Very obviously, like, <laughs> maybe too straight, big, you know. Big, healthy white dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone's like, well, fuck this guy. Oh, uh, hold on a sec. I think I have a dog that got outside. Oh, shit. How do you do that? I don't know. Luke is talking like everything's cool and he's just having fun, but he is just, he's, he's staring daggers at me this whole time. He's just, he's kind of. And we're back. <laughs> okay, least favorite comic currently performing in Fort Collins, go. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be, that'd I be love, so fucked up. That's the funny thing is like, everyone's ears kind of perked up and went, hmm? And when, who are listening, like, who, who should he? Hmm? <laughs> oh, yeah. no, we're not going to talk shit. No, no. <laughs> I would never. No. Uh, I will say this. Most of you. I will say Rhea Butcher for me is somebody who. Rhea Butcher. I, I just don't think she's. Who is she? Uh, she's uh, She's got really big in the last few years. Really big festival headliner. Little tiny female comic. Um, very butch lesbian. You know, the, the very butch haircut and wears like Carhartts and stuff. Um, like that's just the look that she always has. But. <laughs> She just, I, it just doesn't. It's not even jokes. It's like she just, she just goes out uh, and seems. It's, it's, it's. What do they call it? A clapter, you know? Woke. Yeah, it's just very it's like, much. I'm like, making a lot of good points up here. And there are a lot of people doing that, but I feel like some of them. I mean, they're still funny. Where I just, yeah, there still needs to be a joke. Yeah, like I, and maybe there again, maybe I'm missing something. Um, and I mean, it's certainly she. I'm not her demographic mm -hmm. for sure, but it's just bad, and it is indicative. I think of kind of a thing in you know comedy right now in the world right now is being if you're woke then you're the best at what you're the best doing, and yeah. you don't crazy. have any you don't have any closet yeah. or any skeletons in your closet when you're yeah when you're that woke too it's like there's something wrong with you for sure right there's got, there's got to be something wrong and it, even if there is just fucking be funny yeah i don't know i got plenty wrong with me <laughs> see this is the kind of thing that would really knock me off of getting a lot of shows Right now, I talking can... shit. Oh, about yeah, people. about Rhea Butcher saying oh, no. a lesbian comic isn't funny. Uh, <laughs> I still think, I mean, I, I I think it's a kind of a love-hate of this guy, but Emo Phillips, man, I think is one of the greatest comics of Great. all time. Great. Just so weird, so crazy weird. And his, he's just smart. It is smart comedy. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people disagree with that, but. I don't know. I think it's great. I and just, also, I should qualify too that what I don't know shit. I don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, there was a point where I didn't think Dave Chappelle was. I was like, oh, I don't really. Well, why is he so good? Oh, well, he's the best. And then I I saw him live, and I was like, oh, that's why. You 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 can't you 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 saw like killing him softly, and you didn't think that was the best fucking album ever. I've still never heard that album. 
So oh, it's so good. Yeah, I say a lot of shit too with about it, being wildly uninformed. I've never listened to Rhea Butcher's albums. I just okay. saw her live a few times. Do you feel like you've accomplished all the shit you wanted to at a comedy though? Like, what is what was the end goal? Was the end goal just to get more shows? Because for me, it's just I just want to keep doing this. My my number one goal from day one to the end was to be great. I want to be great at comedy. I don't want to be the greatest, whatever that, I think everything falls under just trying to be great Mm -hmm. money, qualifications, awards, all that shit will follow if you're great. And if you get those things without being great, then I think that sucks. Like I don't want, I never want to be, I would take it, (laughs) don't get me wrong. But I won't, I mean, my thing is just to, I want to be fucking great. You have artistic integrity. I just want to be great at it. You know, I don't even, I got past like, of course, when I started, I like, and I still struggled with, um. I always wanted to be the guy making a point and uh, just exhausting bullshit of, I want to make a difference. I want to change minds. <laughs> you get to your first oh. open mic. Here's the deal about the fucking taxes, everyone. Oh, dude, all the way into my fifth year, I like when I I would say one out of every five to six new jokes that I wrote would be some fucking hard stance or some critique of society. <laughs> I'd try it. I'd eat shit. I'd try it for like a month, and then I'd remember, oh yeah. Remember when they left at the part where you talked about your dick? That was fun. Let's make that the joke. Let's make that the joke. And then I would usually change gears. And then I'd have a few months of doing really good because I'd remember to just have fun and be fun. But I always would default back to, and here's the thing about you fucking homophobes. Because, like, (laughs) I just always wanted to go after the bastards, man. That was always, like, people I loved the most. Stan Hope was one of them, man. Like, go after the fucking hypocrisy in society and all stand stand hopeless comedians out there for sure yeah exactly yeah. that's but and it's great you know and then then i got to a point where if um if i could write a joke if i had one line in there that like quote unquote meant something to me and i could get away with it i'd be like oh fuck you all right yeah, what a victory you know when i was starting to do comedy like the thing that i that was a hard lesson is learning to kill your darlings it's going like oh man that's great i love this joke so much you guys don't get it but you gotta you gotta kill that thing, dude. It's not helping you. Yeah, you yeah. Love, you love it, and you can keep it for you, but that's just for you. I yeah, and I still have some that I would trot out when I kind of just was like, you know what, I'm doing good enough on this show. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna do this because mm-hmm. I want to hear it, and I have a bunch of those. <laughs> um, I think that's a great policy, and I think it's also kind of a fine line. Like, don't kill it too early. Give it a shot. Yeah, you know, try to do the things that mean something to you. Give it a week, but be yeah, be willing. To compromise, it's the most compromising art form of a- anything out there. The the crowd is as much of the art as you are. And yeah. If they don't think it's funny, then it's not funny. It's not good times. And if they don't, if they do think it's funny in Denver, but they don't think it's funny in Nebraska, then it's not funny in Nebraska. You know, I mean, it changes. It's just a constant state of either compromising or pigeonholing yourself into rooms that, that work for you, which is fine too. But. Yeah, the willingness to not compromise that people think is good. All those motherfuckers compromised. Eddie Murphy, fucking George Carlin, the most quote-unquote uncompromised. I've said quote-unquote so many times. <laughs> Listen, it's radio. We're going back to your first open mic, quote-unquote homophobes. <laughs> I feel fucking, I feel insufferable on this podcast and in my life. So, okay, whatever, don't No, I me. love, it's, what's funny is that you, you, you quit comedy, quote unquote and uh, <laughs> you but you still have this 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 spring of knowledge about it and this love for it that i just i don't think it's gonna uh, it's not gonna get it you can't beat that out of you 
Uh, no, I love it, man. That's what I said. I have to keep doing it just so I can hang out and not be the guy who's like, I used to do it. Yeah. Let's talk comedy. I used to do it. You got to keep doing it. That's yeah. the only reason, like, really, it's one of my number one driver to want to do it again is so I can hang out with all you assholes and <laughs> talk shop and get away with it. Yeah, like, screw it around. Because there's nothing. Like, one of my favorite things in the world when it's a packed room, the, if you literally feel the energy. Remember we did that? Remember that show that we did in this? It was a basement. And you were like just tall enough for the ceiling. Oh yeah, that chamber yeah. fifty one or some, some shit. Some yeah. basement just in downtown Fort Collins. And that show was just like it's just a tiny little room. Oh, there's maybe only thirty, forty people in that room. But having that group of people together was just like this is the most fun I think I can possibly have on the planet. Oh man, we we had to corral them a bunch. They mm-hmm. were super drunk. Oh man, yeah. It was, a, it was so great. I love it when someone's so hammered that they're looking the other way. Like everyone's facing the stage, looking at you, but the one person just like kind of like just kind of staring at like a fridge or some shit. <laughs> you know what I've noticed? It's usually a dude, and mm. I think it's like a weird like a lot of guys. I think have this like I'm not gonna laugh because laughter's for fucking pussies or whatever it is. Those are the dudes that just won't, or or people who are like just have anxiety because there's so many people. I like making hard eye contact when I'm on stage. <laughs> I love seeing the discomfort in people, and you know, you get them in that tension moment. Yeah, and you're not t- you're not a tiny dude. You have a you have a presence about you that's like, oh, he can eat me. But yeah, that's so weird when people won't look at you. But when you really get those people to crack up, that's so fun, man. Oh. That you just feel like a fucking god. When you wrangle the, the dingle, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the best. <laughs> <laughs> or man, I've had shows where people like a a guy would be back to me. He would refuse to turn around. His whole table's watching the show refuse to turn around and then you see the shoulders start shaking from laughter and like I got holy you. shit or he's just having a heart attack <laughs> yeah <laughs> which you know what either way win-win that's great <laughs> but yeah i love that too man it's those those shared that that bonding like you just feel like family with with comics i think again that's what's so beautiful about fort collins is that we all get it and appreciate that and i think we try to foster it to a pretty big degree, and I think you guys kind of took up that mantle too when your class of comics kind of came in. That that's what you lose in bigger scenes to to a degree mm-hmm. where it becomes clicky because, like I think you said, that it's a defense mechanism a little bit. Yeah, where we don't need that here. We don't need it to be defended. Nope. We're like, come on, on get on stage. You're in this for the first time. That's I, awesome. I love. I mean, that's that's how I would wish I would have been greeted. At, like I remember when I did one of my first open mics up in Boulder with Toby. He was so, he was just like, you want to do, you want to sign up? Yep. Yeah, come on. Let's do it. You yeah. should totally do it. Dude, he's so great. Just, that's, that's, I mean, like what, 40, 40 mics he started? He started 40 unique open mics slash, and he made even more showcases and toured the country. Dude, and he will, he will mentor anybody. He'll take the time to talk to anybody. There's no school for comedy. Mm-mm. He's but he's a professor. <laughs> he is. And with producing too, like he would, he is so open with advice, uh, contacts even like so many guys are so guarded about that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Toby at one point just gave me a list of names to try to book my own road tour. That's insane. Like that's really unheard of. People are so protective of that shit. Not to like keep going like we're, we're, we're what a bunch of pals up North. We are. <laughs> it is though. Fuck it, man. No, it totally is. It is a squeaky toy. It's pretty good. <laughs> it is, man. You know what's funny is I when, well, I don't know if it's funny you might hate this but uh, when you quit Facebook for a little bit I I got on Facebook and started making posts as you you did yeah I did <laughs> like hey everyone it's me uh, Kyle Pogue uh, hi 
Oh God, I gotta go back and check that out. How do, how, how do I do your voice? It's like you say something really quick. Give me a, give me a sentence to try and recreate. Um, because we man, have like the I same register. I fucking hate Facebook. I fucking hate Facebook. <laughs> I think that's what I sound like. It is what you sound like. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I gotta go check these out. Oh man, that's great. I got on Facebook uh, for the first time last week. I was at work and I so it's off my phone. I was on my computer at work and I just had a minute and there was a reason I was going, but I, I just opened it up and then I saw one post and it was by some guy I don't, don't know who he was and it said Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero and there were 161 comments and that's the guy that shot the you know fucking that guy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And so I, like an idiot, decided you know what I'm going to take 10 minutes and I'm going to read every <laughs> single comment. <laughs> And it was great because by the end, I was like, I'm never going on Facebook again. Just pure viciousness in every direction. Yeah. Shit that motherfuckers would never say to somebody's face. Oh, no. Oh, I remember God. being at the DMV once and I was like, it was a long ass like wait. And I remember looking at, over to a guy and he's on his phone and I forgot my phone. I'm like, I'm going to try being alone in my head for an hour. <laughs> At the DMV. How'd that go? It was pretty hard. I was looking at his phone. But his phone, his phone was like, it had this just like, he's just making, sharing posts of all these like Trump articles saying Trump's right about something. Oh. And just going, ha ha, fucking Peggy. And just tagging it and sending it to her. Ha ha, oh, fucking Jim. So hateful, man. But that's the thing is that you're, we're not supposed to have this, we're not supposed to be, have the, like the security behind a computer to say right. whatever we want. Right. I learned that early in life playing Xbox Live. That guy really didn't fuck my mom. <laughs> it's like, dude. What if you found out later that he did? Oh, well, that'd be devastating. Hopefully it was nice. <laughs> I mean, I've always made a point of like, I'm not, I'm that's not how, a fighter. I'm not, you know, but I am a big guy. So I get that like, it's easy for me to be like, let's fucking fight outside. I do make a point of like, I've said some pretty nasty shit on Facebook to people, but I force myself like in my heart, I know for sure. I will if I say it to you on Facebook. I will say it to your face. That's good. Gotta do what you gotta do. People quit comedy. <laughs> People quit, man. That's the yeah. weirdest thing. It's so strange. I don't think I can. I don't. I. I love it too much, and I've. I've done so many things in my life where comedy was a part of it, and I thought it was the thing. But I actually, I was doing comedy the whole time, and I wanted. That's the only thing I like doing. Yeah, me too. It was the only thing I've ever loved doing. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's the first place I ever found ambition. I never felt ambitious towards anything. And as soon as I started comedy, I was like, oh, this is like a dangerous level of ambition. Ooh, I can get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's great. It's beautiful. And I think you should, I mean, you should do comedy as long as comedy is giving you what you want. I really like, I quit at just the perfect time. This is a great time for you to quit. Let me oh, tell you. Man. It's, it's, if you would have quit like early last year, like you, before you got past the comedy works, I'd be like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But, well, no, I always feel bad. Like if the pandemic had hit two, three years ago when I was in the, I was like at the pinnacle of just, oh my God, I'm getting shows. I'm like, everything's right. I'm so excited every day for this, and, which is, I think where you're at and where most of the people here are at. That's fucking heartbreaking, man. Mm -hmm. I feel terrible for you guys. We're figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It forced me to do other things. Would you go if right next year, mm -hmm. next year, the, 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 the COVID's manageable people can go out and do shows if we got a car together and we went on tour would you go on a tour no oof absolutely not the death of the tour i mean I, right now would you do I, a weekend I, uh no 
I, I wouldn't do anything. I, I got to see what happens when I start again, man. Honestly, I'm starting over. I might, you know, I might use some of my old jokes, but I'm definitely like starting over. And I got to get to Mike's, and I got to see. I, w- I will never be the guy that does a show. Yeah, like oh fuck it, I'll see what happens. Like no, I'm not going to disrespect the audience or the booker or anything by doing that. Yeah, right now I've been when I get booked for a show, it's like. Part of this is going to be a little bit of my open mic because I need to get I've fucking five months of jokes on a pile. Just like, well. Oh, well, then everyone's so like understanding of that. I feel like now, mm-hmm. you know, that it's okay to do. I did a show in Denver where it was, it was almost like 40 degrees outside. Everyone's wearing coats outside. No heat lamps, no nothing. And everyone's sit, staying for like a whole hour and a half long show laughing throughout the whole thing. That's fucking badass. They're desperate for something fun. Yeah. That is incredible, and I, it's cool that we that, I, that we could still give them that, yeah. Even after everything going to shit, yeah. We oh, were man, we were yeah. behind a, a glass wall. We couldn't. They can't in Denver. Oh really? In Denver right now, it's a twenty five foot rule. You have to be twenty five feet away from the audience. Okay. To perform, which fucks all oh, stages yeah. ever. <laughs> but they give a rule where if you have a glass window kind of stand in front of you oh Jesus. you can do so you're doing like drive-through comedy like where you just have a window <laughs> it was like we were literally in a box with a, with glass in it it was like watching tv what kind of fucking futuristic <laughs> fucking oh my god that sounds so bad that sounds so sterile and shitty but like you said it wasn't it was still fun people were laughing because i got a new joke yeah a new joke worked so. And that's so. I mean, that's never going to go away, man. People are, you know, that that human thing. I, I mean, Zoom and all of those kind of shows obviously don't work because they they can't. It's never going to be. That. It's not the same. I, yeah. I the thing I remember when I was growing up is when I was seeing live shows. Like I always loved music. I always loved comedy. But seeing stuff like that live, mm. it's just it's everything. It's it is what it is. That is that is what you're supposed to experience. The thing in front of yeah. you, happening. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, yeah, it's, it's soulful, man. Like the comedy really is, I mean, and I know this, and I'm getting philosophical about it after a couple of drinks, but <laughs> it really is such a soulful thing. It's also soulless, soul sucking and, empty and yeah. shitty, <laughs> but man, when it's, when it's great, there's nothing better, you know? And you know, you've performed at comedy works when it's like packed house comedy. When, works. when comedy works has 300 plus people in it, it's. Bananas. There's a reason why people like the top is like the highest levels of comedy are like, I'm going to go to Comedy Works to work out new stuff. It's like, yeah, you are. Yeah. That's why Chappelle does that shit, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chappelle's like, hey, Wendy, cancel your next three days. I feel like telling new jokes. I'm going to do three hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I have, I've done shows there that were so packed and, and have had that experience. I was so overwhelmed with gratitude for being part of that that I've literally cried after sets. Uh, I, you know, cried after sets, sat in the back and watching other comics and just being like overcome by like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. like it's so fucking awesome that we get to do it. It's crazy. Oh, I can see the twinkle in your eye, man. You sure you want to quit? No, I don't. Okay. I want to quit. I'm never going to quit. It's all, and it's, it's all bullshit. I'll be back. No, I will. I, I, yeah, I just, I, right now it's like, yeah. yeah it's not, well, I'm just going, we're going month to month right now. Yeah. The world is month to month. <laughs> well, losing the hunger was good because I'm just waiting it out and I could care less. Like, again, that's what I mean is you guys are like in the, the pinnacle of where you're hungry right now. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, 
uh, maybe can I can I do it next month? Can I do it? Next? I'm like fucking whatever. If it comes next year, fine. Yeah, yeah. Greeley in July was like, hey, come do a show, and I was like, okay. And then you get there, and they're all the no, no masks. Everyone's just packed. And I'm like, oh well, I'm gonna stay on stage. And then was that the Moxie? Yeah, I'm gonna duck and roll out the window. Just uh, like who headlined? Uh, it was Matt Cobos. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah, dude, dude. hell yeah, dude, <laughs> oh, hell yeah, I dude. fucking miss Cobos. Yeah. Uh, all right, so real quick, I know you're we're probably wrapping up, but I want to know um, your favorite, your favorite like headline, like your most influential headliner or a comic, you know, your yeah most influential one or two. Uh, Sam Talent and John Novosad. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck! I saw Great I saw uh, John Novosad for the first time at the Boulder Comedy Show. The first comedy show I ever saw was the Boulder Comedy Show in uh, in uh, the Bohemian Beer Garden in downtown boulder uh i remember seeing it and this is like i was like wow com- you can actually do comedy like i didn't even know you could do comedy in colorado i had no idea and john novasad did his bit about he has a he has a 20 minute uh, story about about <laughs> it's the lunchbox surprise what it's called he, he tells oh, the yeah. story of he just has this his little kill children's book and does commentary of the whole thing and it was one of the funniest things oh, turns out jill jill's kind of a dick <laughs> It is it, oh, if you man. if you were listening to this, wa- look up John Novosad lunchbox surprise on YouTube. It is one of the funniest things, and I saw that for the first time. And I, I've seen people like do well as, as comedians and like, do well, but like, he had people laughing every like eight to seven seconds. Yeah, where I couldn't breathe. Like when he put me into a fit of hysteria, and I was like, "Is this possible? Can I somehow do this one day after a lifelong of comedy? Can I get to a point where I'm so funny?" That a room is having trouble breathing because it's so funny. And it's the same talent, the same way. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because like uh, he did improv at in at the same place I did improv in in Denver. Mm-hmm. And the way he just he'll go on stage and he'll just riff for an hour. Yeah, and crush. Well, and with Sam, you know what you you know after watching him a bunch of times is some of it's not riffs. Some of that shit he's done a hundred times, yep. but you never fucking know. Seamless. You would never know it. It feels so in the moment every time. Yeah. And not only these people hold, like these are my like favorite comics and they're hilarious, but I I know them off stage and they're I the way they act off stage too is just class act. Like yeah, they're, they're, oh God, they're, they're, yes. like, they may be crazy and they may be crazy to hang out with. But deep down, they're great people, and they they truly believe in people. Yeah. If you work hard and you love this thing, you're in the party. Yeah. And and I man, no one better than John Novosad for being just the sweetest, unassuming. I mean, that guy is a giant of comedy, and he he came and did a new show that I started in Denver for seventy dollars on a weeknight, and five people showed up, oh. and he crushed for forty minutes. I was like. Falling over myself, apologizing to him. And he was like, hey, no, it was a pleasure, man. I had a great time. And I mean, just what? So nice. Oh, man. And Sam, I one of my favorite Sam uh, things. Like, another thing, man, if these guys speak, listen. That's been my policy. <laughs> like, if they, you know, someone great says something, listen to him. Sam said that uh, John is probably the biggest influence he's ever had. And that he said, if you really look at my set, you can, I think he said the quote was, you can smell John Novosad all over my set. <laughs> Meaning like he's stolen so many little tricks and things from, mm-hmm. from John. All right, and then last question. Uh, what Favorite, like just one or, you know, not n- number one, but favorite comic moments. Like as a comic, 
you know, what, what's one of your top five, like just moments for you as a comedian? When I got moved on new faces, comedy works. I, I, I was, yeah. When I, it was like, I got my first five minutes like tacked down. I was like, I got five minutes, but this five minute can rip kind of thing. And I worked it out for like a month. And then eventually, cause you get to do five minutes in front of a sold out comedy works like stage mm-hmm. and only three comics get to advance. And I, this is my first time doing it, and I, I have a really good set, and I go last. So I'm last, I go really good set, and I get off stage, I'm freaking out, like that was super fun. And then they're calling names, and it's like, oh, this person, this person, Luke Gaston. I was like, holy f-. I, I seriously like jumped out of my body yeah. onto the stage, freaking out. And like I went with my girlfriend, and we, I remember like being just like looking at lights different in the streets, <laughs> just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it rocked my world because you, you, the craziest thing about doing this shit is that you don't know what you can do until you try it, and the trying is the scariest part. Yeah, and there's no rules. That's the thing too. Yeah. Is any you, you, the, we are all making it up. Comics are all making it up as you go, and the industry, you know, and dealing with all that shit. But there is there is no rules, man. Everybody's just figuring it out as they go, and you can do that too. You know, that's awesome. That feeling too, like you said, like seeing, I remember that same thing. Like when my name got called, I didn't expect it. And I was like, oh my God, really? Are what? you sure? You feel like it's yeah. like, did you say that name wrong? Did you, yeah. And then walking outside and like food tastes different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That fight club thing where he says, you know, the, the next meal he eats is going to be the greatest meal he's ever had in his life. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's like. Man. Yeah. That's the drug. That is the drug. Well, hey man, I, uh, I missed you. Don't be a don't be a stranger, yeah. but also come back and do comedy. All right, Kyle Pogue, everybody, Kyle Pogue, love him. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he does uh, follow through and uh, just does jokes again. You know, it's hard it's hard to like tell people like, hey, you know that thing that's been ruining your life? You should keep doing that. <laughs> but he's very funny, so fuck him. Uh, thanks for tuning in the show. If you enjoy the show, uh, hit the subscribe button so it just comes right to you every week. Uh, new episodes every Sunday with a new comic with a new something and it should be good. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you do good. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs>